what happens is that an event occurs. And then oftentimes to deal with that event, we take on unproductive behaviors. And then we don't stop. And they go on for 10 or 15 years. And then we say, well, in order to change this unproductive behavior, I should figure out why this thing happened to me and put reason behind it. And I've just found that, what if I just changed the unproductive behavior and it didn't matter why I was doing it, but I changed it anyways. That's Layla Hormozy. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Hello! And welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. I am grateful for you tuning in with me today as we have CEO and founding partner of Acquisitions.com, Layla Hormozy, making her first appearance on the show to give us some, some tough love and the, the, the real truth and her views about therapy. And then she also gives us advice about what we can do to get through the downtimes of when we're feeling tremendous sadness and stress. So without further ado, here's Layla Hormozy. Enjoy. I'd been to therapy in and out and talked to plenty of therapists and life coaches, all these things. And I constantly felt like it was just reopening something that I would never find a resolution to. The more that I focused on working on my future, the less the past had power over me and the less relevant it was to my life. And especially knowing that, what, 50% of it could be made up, I'm like, what if it was better? What if it was worse? I don't know. You know, this is my memory and my recollection, but I don't want to live my life beholden to a past that might not even be true. And so I just went heads down and like, I'm going to create such a compelling life for myself that I don't even think about the past. You know, there's great waitresses and there's awful waitresses. There are great therapists. There are awful therapists. How does the person in the room know to judge? Oftentimes they don't. And so I think a lot of people fall prey to people that create dependency on them. You know, I actually think in studying what I have, which is in studying like some of the best, you know, psychiatrists and therapists from 100 years ago, um, most therapy should only take six to eight weeks. And I think that we created a culture in which people are dependent on therapy so that they can keep coming back and they get recurring revenue. So I look at it more as like, that's a great business model for a therapist. Is that good for the patient? Probably not. Also, through a lot of the things that I studied, I just realized there is also self-therapy, which is that you can therapize yourself. Now, who I've studied the most for this has probably been Albert Ellis. I've read like all of his books. Um, But I think that what I've realized is that you can change how you behave despite whatever happened to you. And so most people say, let me figure out why this happened. Like, why are you so upset about your son? Of course you're fucking upset. What the hell? You know what I mean? Like, of course I'm upset that I'm upset. What the hell? Like, that's normal and okay to be that upset. But 
is there anything that can be done about it? It's like, no. And then I think that people tend to demonize maybe the way that we feel afterwards and say that there must be something wrong with you for feeling depressed. That's baffling to me that people would think that there's anything wrong with feeling depressed or anxious or, you know, like you have something wrong with you. Because I think when we feel like the true depths of negative human emotions, we do wonder if there's something wrong with us. But that's just life. And I think that we live in a society where people label it as there's something wrong with you. And I think I actually fell prey to it for a few years where therapists were telling me there was something wrong with me. And I, you know, after that, I kind of took a step back. I was like, I think there's something wrong with you because you're labeling me, you know, and I'm doing all these things to make my life better. And you keep telling me why it shouldn't be and why it's okay to feel this way and keep reopening these wounds. And I just noticed it wasn't helping. But what did help every time was that I focused on the future and I changed my behavior. And I didn't allow anything that's ever happened to me in the past to be a reason of why I behave a certain way today. You know, I could easily say, oh, I don't get close to people. I've got walls up and so I'm a little colder. What? I'm a fully functioning 31-year-old adult. I can decide to act in a more productive way in my relationships. So what happened when I was 14 should affect what happens when I'm 31? Like what happens is that an event occurs and then oftentimes to deal with that event, we take on unproductive behaviors and then we don't stop and they go on for 10 or 15 years. And then we say, well, in order to change this unproductive behavior, I should figure out why this thing happened to me and put reason behind it. And I've just found that what if I just changed the unproductive behavior and it didn't matter why I was doing it, but I changed it anyways. And so I think that's the kind of approach that I've taken to things is I look at it very much like I am not in control always. We don't choose the thoughts and feelings we have some days. Like we can choose to focus on things, but can I choose if it pops up in my head? Like No, Um, I can observe it and try not to focus on it. But what I can do is that despite what I think and despite what I feel, I can change my behavior. And that has been like the one thing that has brought me relief in everything because I can feel as bad as I want I don't have to act that way. And I think that I've gotten a lot of relief from that. But I don't know. For me, it felt very unproductive talking about all of those things because I think that a lot of them also are predicated on, I think that, imagine this, right? Somebody dies and you live in one of the you know, Western or Eastern uh, Indian countries, right? They celebrate death and they're happy and they're overjoyed that those people are dead. And then they move on and go on with their lives. Here, we're told it's a bad thing and we should be sad. And therefore, people grieve for months, years, decades. And so when I hear that, I think to myself, it's all, in a way, expectations, societal norms, and almost the placebo effect. You know, I remember when I broke up with a boyfriend and then I moved across the United States to California and a therapist told me, she was probably the only good therapist I've ever had, um, I said, I just, you know, I I just can't get over him. I'm just so sad. And she's like, well, how long has it been? I said, two months. She's like, how long were you together? 14 months. She's like, why are you still sad? And I was like, well, I heard it takes like half the time you've been with somebody to get over them. She said, I think that's bullshit, Layla. And in the moment, I was stunned that a therapist would say that's bullshit. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it takes however long you decided to take. Start living your life again. And that frame I've applied to pretty much everything. 
because I have just found that continuing to think about things that don't make our lives better just tend not to help us. I think I found for me that the more that I try to get rid of a feeling, the more I feel it. If I'm feeling frustrated or I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling anxious and then I think, oh, you shouldn't feel this way. I don't want to feel like this. Let me go do something to try and not feel like this. I actually create more of it because I think I'm just guessing. It's like I'm telling myself it's not okay. And therefore now I'm stressed about feeling stressed. I'm not just stressed. I'm now stressed of feeling stressed. <laughs> and so for me, I've just found that what has worked best has been I accept that I'm going to feel awful. And I can get really good at feeling awful. In fact, I think that I have mastered feeling awful. And that's what people don't get. They're like, how do you do all these things? I'm like, I'm really great at doing anything feeling awful. Like I can speak on stage while I feel awful. I can lead a meeting while I feel awful. I can do a presentation while I feel awful. I can run a book launch while I feel awful. I can do all these things while I feel awful. And I think that most people, when they feel awful, act awful. They stay in bed. They act depressed. They act how they feel. And what I have found is that that just compounds the feeling of bad, whether it's stress, anxiety, or awfulness, grief, etc. You feel more that way because you behave that way. For me, what I've found is that, one, eventually I will start to feel less awful if I stop thinking about it and I start doing the thing, right? Because I'm going to be more focused on what I'm doing than how I'm feeling. And then second to that is if I can do something while feeling awful, how easy is it to do it when I feel good? How much more skilled will I be at that thing? And so that's, I've looked at it in that way, which is like, I, I seek out to do things in imperfect conditions because then when there are perfect conditions, I have an unfair advantage. I don't feel awful today. I got a full night's sleep. I'm prepared. Amazing. This is going to be a, a cakewalk, you know, because I'm used to being up all night the night before, being stressed, not being prepared because something was last minute and doing it anyways. And so does it feel good in the moment? No, but it creates a sense of confidence that then turns into a feeling of trust with myself. And that is something that is worth so much more to me than feeling good every day. Big thanks to Layla Homozi for stopping by and her take home lessons are to one, avoid thinking of the past and focus on the future. Number two, she said that it's okay to feel our negative feelings, but instead of allowing them to, to immobilize us, instead, she urges us to still move forward. So holding those two spaces at the same time. And lastly, the third lesson is to be self-efficacious. And that is to just to be more self-willing. Doing it yourself, the responsibility is on you. Like the old saying goes, if it is to be, it is up to me. And I think that we can rely on others to help us get through certain things. And that is okay. But at the end of the day, it is going to be up to us to face and overcome life's challenges and move forward. All right. If you'd like to connect with Layla, you can go to acquisitions.com. Her Instagram is Layla Hormozy. That is also her YouTube. If you'd like to check out this entire talk, which is an amazing, amazing talk. Actually, it was an interview um, in front of an audience, but it was an, it was an amazing, amazing podcast episode. 
And that is entitled, or you can go there and type in opening up about my hardest moments. And I'll have the links to all the ways to connect with her and her work, along with a link to today's entire talk. They will all be in the show description below. So you can go and check that out. All right. Don't forget to follow the show, share it, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcast. I really, really appreciate you. And thank you. Sometimes podcasters, we we forget about the people that who who have left a message or uh, DM'd or took it upon themselves and took some time out of their day to leave a review or to leave a rating or to follow the show. So thank you to all of those who have done it already. As I always say, and I truly mean, I appreciate you. So thank you. And that is a wrap for me. I appreciate you again. <laughs> I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.